This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? <laughs> Nothing. What's up with you? I'm just getting ready for Thanksgiving. You know, this week's Thanksgiving. and uh, Are you brining a turkey or something? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm making some stuffing. and You're soaking uh, your yams? <laughs> I'm getting my gourds all together, you know. Just getting ready for Thanksgiving. You, do you have any big plans for the holiday? Uh, I'm going to my girlfriend's mom's place. Oh, so it's going to be the girlfriend's parents. Mom. Oh, okay, mom. Parent. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of doing a similar thing, going to my girlfriend's family, which is going to be kind of fun, because they actually have a real huge Thanksgiving, you know, kind of uh, dinner sort of thing, where they make, like, food, and there's, like, 20 people there. Well, your girlfriend's actually in the room. Are you saying that for her benefit, or for the listener's benefit? No, I'm just telling her that uh, preparing... Oh, going to be? I'm just preparing her that uh, I'm probably going to get really, really drunk and take my pants off. Some point in the evening, I'm going to get drunk and take my pants off because that will mean I don't have to go there next year. Well, and you should have cranberry sauce all over your face. <laughs> just rub it on my balls. Be like, look, I'm having a period. No, don't go overboard. Just, oh, okay. just, just cranberry <laughs> that's, sauce. That's stepping across the line. And then maybe, you know how they have those marshmallows that are melted on top of the yams, the sweet potatoes? Oh, that yeah. On your nose, in your hair. But you, you know what's cool about Thanksgiving? It's one of those opportunities where you can actually say... It's going to be that kind of party. I'm going to put my dick in the mashed potatoes. Yeah, you could say Because that. there's going to be a lot of mashed potatoes there. So, <laughs> You'd have to squat down pretty low to get your balls to hang in it. Yeah, I got a long dick, though. <laughs> I got, I got, I got, balls, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'd have to really kind of squat on top of it. But I don't know. You know, I, I hate Thanksgiving. I've always hated it. Being a vegetarian, there's never... Everyone always forgets you're vegetarian, so it's not like they, they're like, oh, we made you a tofurkey. <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> It's San Francisco. There's tons of our friends have uh, vegetarian. I'm going out to the East Bay. Oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe you have to get the leftovers. So you're going to have to say grace? No, hell no. You're not going to? Well, what if they say, like, uh, wackily, we'd like you to say grace? <laughs> <laughs> our father. <clears throat> I don't even know. I wouldn't even know what Did your say. family do that? No. Yeah, my family my family never did that. Isn't your dad a rab? A rabs? Yeah, but rabbis still. It's a non-denominational <laughs> holiday. My 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 father, the rabbi, would be like, you know, we got to like give thanks to God for yeah. all this like bread and stuff like that. That's grace. Yeah, but he wouldn't make <laughs> me say it. Oh right, but you have to listen. Do you have to bow your head? No, I don't even think there's any head bowing going on. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, this year, <clears throat> I am going to give thanks for one thing: advances in medical technology. Really. Are well, you having a problem specifically, or, or are you just excited about some new procedure? Excited about some new procedure that maybe could help me out in the, in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully not. But no, you know, I was reading today that uh, they made a breakthrough recently with stem cells, that I guess you can actually get stem cells from your skin. Yeah, what I never understand it, are the... Are the Jerry Falwells, God rest his soul, and the Pat Robertsons and the George Bushes? Satan's gonna, pissing on his soul right now. Are they not going? Are they going to be against this, or is this cool? No, no fetuses. Not from a yeah, fetus. there's no fetuses involved, so it kind of goes stem, across that obstacle. <laughs> I thought maybe a stem cell was kind of like a fetus to them. Well, no, it's just well, I think I they mean, don't properly understand a what stem, a stem cell. <laughs> a full grown stem one day, and so it's a sin to experiment on. But no, it's fine. 
Yeah, because it comes from your skin. There's no fetuses being harmed in this I, procedure. I always think there's just going to be some loophole where, like, oh, well, that's evil, too. You can't do that. Well, all I'm saying, I mean, Who knows what the Mormons think, and Mitt Romney is going to be in charge soon. So. It's an advancement in medical technology, which, which we need now in this society. Are we it, talking about the stem cells or something else? <laughs> no, I'm talking about there's been recent medical breakthroughs. Oh, okay. One in particular is the one I'm about to talk about that I think could solve my sister's condition. It could help her which, overcome which her irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> oh. I'm not talking about all the other maladies that affect her, her like her stumpy her high, appearance. high-pitched, penetrating voice. Yeah, she does have the voice of a crack whore. Her short stature. No, her, no, this will help cure her irritable bowel syndrome. Well, that is her top problem, in my opinion. So it's a controversial new procedure coming out of Canada. Those Canadians are always one step ahead, aren't they? Yeah, well, they eat a lot of poutine and <laughs> poutine, Canadian so, uh, bacon, Molson, Canadian. Now, don't be, um, I don't know, frightened by the title here. I, th- I still think it's an effective medical procedure, regardless of what it's called. Fecal transplant can cure superbug, says Canadian doctors. More than 90% of C. difficile patients are cured by fecal transplants. It's a controversial new treatment, which involves the transplantation of human waste, can treat cases of C. difficile infection, but only a handful of physicians in Canada undertake the messy procedure. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, C. difficile here, Clostridium difficile, is a superbug that spreads in hospital settings, has been linked to the uh, deaths of at least 2,000 people in Quebec. Oh, this is a serious problem then. Yeah, it's a a serious situation. It's killing people in Quebec. We care about that. So uh, those C. difficile can be kept in check by good bacteria in the bowels. Problems can arise when the superbug is treated by antibiotics. And uh, the antibiotics can wipe out the good bacteria but fail to completely kill the viral bacteria. And if you wipe out the normal bacteria by taking an antibiotic, then the bug overgrows and releases a toxin which causes severe diarrhea. Diarrhea can become chronic day after day. Month after month, it's painful. People can't get on with their lives. It affects their relationships, their families. My sister, right there. Case in point. Her irritable bowel syndrome. The girl, every time she she loves Taco Bell, every time she eats it, diarrhea. So you're making... Pretty much every time she eats anything, diarrhea. Pretty much every time I eat Taco Bell, I get diarrhea too, but but I think it's a bigger problem. Maybe you need a fecal transplant. Yeah, maybe. Don't look at me. Are you making a layman's diagnosis, though, that you think this is what your sister had? Okay, I might be an armchair doctor. (laughs) You know, I I, I do work for a porn company. I think I know one or two things about medicine, if that's what you're asking. (laughs) women's bottoms. (laughs) (laughs) My sister's bowels. All I'm saying is I have an irritable bowel sister. Right. And I think it affects her daily life. And it's irritating to you as well, right? I mean, well, she's irritating. Yeah. I mean, it's irritating to you to have this sister with the syndrome. Well, and not to mention, you know, I'm sympathetic towards her cause. I mean, it's like, you know, towards her plight. It's like she has to suffer, go to the bathroom 40 times a day. Think of the pain associated with that. (laughs) So let, let me tell you about fecal transplants here. They've become the first line of treatment for chronic recurrent C. difficile in Scandinavia. <laughs> the first line of treatment? Because <laughs> my doctor said, like, this is, you know, we're going to take, is it a living person's poo? Or is this like you have to have, like, a poo donor card and when you get in an accident, no, it has to be like, like <laughs> take your dead person's poo and transport it in a that cooler. Your, your corpse expels? No, it has to be a, a, your, like a close sibling or something, like a, a relative, a close a relative. A buddy? I, yeah, I don't know a if podcast, a friend's, I don't know if a friend's poo uh, would actually work. 
But uh, so what happens here, studies shown that 90% of patients are cured through fecal transplants, most of them just after one treatment. But only a handful of doctors in Canada are willing to undertake the unpleasant procedure, which involves taking a healthy person's fecal matter and transplanting it through an enema into the person infected with the uh, C. difficile. Oh, so there's not even any uh, surgical cutting or anything like that? Well, they say... They they just push it back in the outdoor. Yeah, they kind of take the enema and just kind of squirt it right back into the anus. So if you think about it, it's... Instead of calling it fecal transplant, which I think is the proper term, I've known a term that I've used for years called swapping mud, which basically means the same thing. This is a practice? This is something you've practiced for years? I've always tried to get my girlfriends to do it, but they're just not down. I don't know why. They're kind of grossed out by it or something. Have you ever heard of the term restocking? Yes, I have heard of that term. So it's kind of, why don't you explain restocking here? Because I, I, I know swapping mud. I don't use that term. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to have to imagineer it because I've never really practiced it, but I can imagine how it would be done. Um, there's two types of restocking. There's manual restocking, and then there's hands-free restocking. What is hands-free restocking? <laughs> is it, that already just kind of conjures Are you up clear mental on images. The so, wait, wait, do you restock yourself manually? No, no, it's a partner. It's a partner effort. Um, okay, so wait. so you would poo into your hand, and then you sort of you know take the hand and you and you shove it back in. Now, are you doing the that other for a medical purpose, or is this purely for pleasure? No, this is a sexual um, gambit. <laughs> okay, so it's kind of like two girls, one cup. Yeah, right, but not in the mouth, in the, in the other In the bowl. ass. So you're okay. kind of putting it back where it came from, so, restocking the shelves. So hands-free restocking is a more advanced move. That's definitely where, varsity league uh, yeah, scat Yeah, where you need to get into a scissor-kicking position with the guy or girl, as the case may well, be. Lesbians prefer that position. Right, but if you're a woman, you have to watch out because you want, don't want to restock the wrong shelf. Oh, okay. Because you could get a bad, you know, infection down there. Yeah, I've heard that could be dangerous. And also, you know, it is probably just generally a messy procedure. You're going to want to put down Visqueen or maybe just be in the tub. So, Waggerly, how how do you know so much about this procedure? I just have a very uh, active imagination. Uh, so no girlfriends ever suggested that oh God, mid-coitus? No. no, they haven't suggested it. How about and a little they've swapping mud? either. Yeah, I found out about swapping mud from Big Jeff, and I was just kind of like, you know what, dude? I'm not even going to ask him where he came, where he came wait, up wait, with this big, term. Big Jeff or your brother? No. My, you know, I don't think my brother's ever swapped mud intentionally. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's just kind of a – isn't it like a byproduct of their type of sex? Yeah, you're right. Well, you know, like Santorum? Yeah, it might – it's out. It's everywhere. It gets in. Yeah, it shoots out. It's yeah. just kind of, you know, it's messy. But uh, no, Big Jeff uh, mentioned that term to me. I don't know where he came up with it. But so anyways, if you're actually not doing this for pleasure, but you're doing this to cure a medical, uh, your medical disease here, hey, why can't it's you called it fecal both? transplant. Why can't you do it for both at the same Yeah, time? but I think is the way they do it... Well, okay. Well, the way they do it here is the procedure involves getting a close relative of the patient, such as a sibling, to, to donate a plate. <laughs> to donate several days worth of stool. Well, several days worth. Yeah, several days because you got to have like a big chunk of stool. You, you can't really just have fill them up. You don't want to have to go back and redo it later. You, you don't want like a bowl full of rabbit turds. You want like a couple logs. Okay, but okay, okay, but then you mentioned that they put it into an enema. So, do, is there some post processing with some type of a medical poo blender, or maybe one of those sticks with the blade on the bottom? That you, Are you, you sure you haven't done this procedure before? 
Listen. Okay. It's just common sense. <laughs> All I'm saying is you seem to be quite knowledgeable about fecal transplants. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess the stool is tested for diseases such as hepatitis and HIV. Then it's mixed with saline to create liquid feces. Uh, and then the feces, the liquid feces, ad- is administered to the patient through an enema. Yeah. So it's kind of squirted up there. Hmm. So now I was thinking, so I guess it has to be a close relative of the patient. So if my sister's to undergo this controversial procedure, it would have to be probably a family member that would need to donate the stool. You don't sound like you're about to volunteer. Well, I just don't think my stool would be effective because I'm vegetarian. I probably have different kinds of bacteria. I haven't eaten meat in years. She's a meat eater. Eh, you might be right there. So then you got a point. I was thinking maybe my brother's stool, but then think about what you could find in my brother's stool. I bet you right. there's men's wedding rings. There's like probably my pet guinea pig. I was going to say hamster <laughs> fur. But... Yeah, hamster fur. I mean, I don't remember that self. I mean, not to mention the semen. Yeah, the se- <laughs> I mean, the semen from sundry men. <laughs> I mean, you have no idea. Well, he, he says they do test it for STDs, so... Yeah, but I mean, it's still chock full of all sorts of things, a so, variety of substances. So who does that leave? Your dad? It pretty much just leaves my dad, or maybe you. No, I, I'm not related. Well, you're not related, not the, but I'm you're close. The, I'm not even a chosen person. Would you donate your feces to my sister? Why not? You probably would. It's not like I'm donating a kidney. I'm yeah, just I guess flush it's easier. It anyways, but I'm not a chosen person, so I think you need another chosen person. Yeah, I think person. you probably need Jew poo. At least my poo would need to be blessed by a rabbi. Yeah, or dipped in, like, rabbi juice. Right. You kind of have they, to do stuff like that. Is that what they do? Well, they, I don't know if they do that to poo, but if you want to become a Jew, you kind of get... They spin a dreidel on top of <laughs> it or something? You get, like, dipped in a pool, like, head first, and you have to wear this, like, sombrero called, like, a rachmachel, dance around. Yeah. Is this before you eat the giant green cat barbecue, or...? Yeah, this is prior to that. Oh, okay. And then afterwards, you spin the dreidel on your Jew. But I don't even think her boyfriend could be a donor, because... He's they, also not a chosen person. Well, he's not a chosen person, number one. And number two... He also eats the same type of food. He probably is infected with this bacteria as well. But he doesn't have the same symptoms, so I, I don't think that's the case. Well, I guess the, uh, the process is fairly quick. Uh, the transplanted stool, the good bacteria from the transplanted stool reduces the number of C. difficile bacteria in the intestines and restores normal intestinal function. But wait a minute. Here's the question everybody's thinking. Now, you just had your colon filled up to the brim with, with somebody else's poo. Do you have to hold it for, you know, a certain amount of time? I mean, you obviously can't just immediately expel it back out. Well, they don't go into much detail exactly how it, take how it happens. It's to brew and to let it have its effect. I right? imagine the, and the liquid feces is shot into your rectum, and you probably have to, like, you know, hold your anus together and just kind of hold it in there probably for at least an hour, probably. Now you're making a pinching mo- motion with your finger. <laughs> Do you have, like, little lips on the outside of your anus? No, I'm just because saying. Because I would want, like, a cork to jam in there. I'm going through sphincter motions. You oh, kinda, your sphincter. that's like a hand pump. I know. Like I, my... I thought that was your thumb and forefinger, like, like pinching your ass labia or something. <laughs> my sphincter still works, wackily. <laughs> Unlike my brother's. But, uh, yeah, so... You know, I'm, I'm imagine you could probably just hold it in, but maybe they do give some kind of like fecal cork, right? Or maybe some type of a muscle relaxant, so you don't get those, you know, urgings in your colon. Well, so now if you're thinking about if my sister is to undergo this procedure, we probably would need to find a donor, a suitable donor, and being that I'm already excluded, my brother's excluded, Jer, I don't think you would work because you're not blessed, right? Um. <laughs> I think the only person left 
here by process elimination would probably be my father. So I'm thinking what we need to do here is let's give my sister a call. Find out, first of all, if she's willing to go through this procedure and then find if she's out interested. if she's interested I in mean, it. I mean, is our insurance going to pay for it? That's also a question. Yeah, that's another question. And then, I, we should all just chip in because I, it's my, really my father's in town for Thanksgiving, so I'm thinking maybe we can ask him if he's willing to donate. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. He, he might not even want to talk to us here on Sick and Wrong. But let, let's give him a call there, Rackley. All right. Hello? Stephanie. Yes. Well, it's uh, Dee and Lance calling from Sick and Wrong. Hey, Stephanie. How are you doing? Um, hi, Lancey Poo. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner? Uh, well, it hasn't. Thanksgiving hasn't happened yet, so no. Well, what about, are you coming over on Thursday for Thanksgiving dinner? No, I'm going to be at uh, my girlfriend's house. Such a he's skipping, yeah. He's skipping our things. Yeah, the, uh, nice brother Lance. <clears throat> Save me some leftovers, though. The Simon yeah, family right. Thanksgiving. I'll, I'll make you a little pile of leftovers and drag it on my toilet. Well, <laughs> well that's, that's actually why we're calling. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why we're calling there, Stephanie. Oh, what's going on? So we're discussing your irritable bowel syndrome here on the show. Yeah. And I just had the yellow paparoo. Jeff and I had some onion rings. Onion rings gave you diarrhea? Well, yeah, the yellow paparoo. The yellow paparoo. I haven't heard that term before. So how many times have you had diarrhea the past three days? Um, Rough estimate. Rough estimate. Well, I had once about an hour ago. Maybe two or three times. Two or three times already. So would you be willing to undergo a controversial medical procedure to get rid of your irritable bowel syndrome forever? What's the procedure? I don't mind the idea. Yeah, but I mean... Yeah, but everybody else does. <laughs> I'm I sure Jer loves it. I kind of always itchy, but I don't mind it other than that. I'm sure Jer loves it, though. Jer likes to lick the yellow paparoo sometimes. Oh, that's disgusting. We're going to edit that We're editing that out. That's just disgusting. No, so what I read about recently in Canada, they're doing fecal transplants where they take healthy fecal matter and basically transplant it into your butthole. And that will kill your, like, kind of contaminated bacteria and restore you normal bowel function. Well, whose fecal matter are they putting in my butthole? Well, it has to be a relative. And that's the thing. We're trying to go through as to who could be a p- potential donor. We don't think D's going to work because he's a vegetarian. So that's not going to work. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, Jer wouldn't work because Jer's not Jewish. He doesn't have the same poo type as you. And then Jeffrey... Our brother wouldn't work because of all the different things you might find in his feces, like men's wedding rings, guinea pigs, what have you. So So does that mean it's dad? I'm thinking dad would probably be the only person who could be a potential, a suitable donor. So my question is, A, would would you be willing to undergo this procedure if dad was willing to give you his poo? No, I don't want any of dad's poo. You wouldn't. Why, why would you want Dad's poo if it'd cure your IBS? God, that's just fucking gross. <laughs> well, maybe we should ask Dad about this. Is Dad there? Well, he's kind of sleeping. Oh, he's sleeping. Yeah. All right. We probably shouldn't wake him up well, to maybe ask him about this. Just get a sample while he's out. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll catch up with you later, and we'll talk about this procedure off air. You know, uh, Wackerly, I don't think that really amounted to anything. It, d- yeah. it didn't sound like she was really too into it. She was kind of, she was kind of making a joke out of it. Yeah. And we're being serious. And your dad might not be into it. We couldn't get his consent because he was sleeping. Yeah, that's unfortunate.
Well, oh, well. We'll have to figure this out and uh, get the answer another day. Yeah, we probably will. But, you know, I mean, that's the thing, though. It's like Thanksgiving. It's time to give thanks for your siblings and for helping them any way right. you can. Linda I think, helping ass. And you know what? I, there are many IBS sufferers throughout this country, and I think this is an informative topic to discuss here on the show. Plus, Just for Thanksgiving. A, we haven't had a poo topic in a while, so we're probably due for that. So moving on here, Wackily, uh, this is episode 97 here, Sick and Wrong. We're inching towards that 100 landmark episode, and I'm sure everyone's like sitting, shuddering in anticipation of that. Quivering. Quiv- yeah, quivering. Uh, queefing. But uh, let me do a quick wrap-up here of episode 96. So last week, I did a story about a HIV bum who raped a sleepwalker. You did a story about a L.A. chick melee. And a listener sent in a story about Finland's own Columbine Massacre. Well, the uh, Finnish people spoke, and they barely spoke. They only came in with 38 votes. You came in with 62, and I killed with 97 votes. Do you think the Finns were uh, offended or something that we were berating their country? Do I think Finns, you know what I think it is? We have probably like, what, a small number of Finnish fans, and I think they had to vote for Finn Pride or something. Yeah, that's probably all of them. Yeah, but you know really that... That whole, like, their Columbine pales in comparison to our high school massacres, okay? Well, just in quanti- sheer quantity, it's kind of That's not even a saying. fair fight. But it was good because we ended that listener winning streak, so I kind of feel comfortable now. So I am enjoying the MGD of this week. But moving on, it's episode 97. People, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show. Audience votes, winner gets a case of beer, throwing a wild card with a listener submission. And uh, you can always vote at sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, actually, I believe I started last week, so uh, why don't you kick off here, episode 97 of Sick and Wrong. Atlanta, Georgia. He's known as the Colorado Crusader, or... A.K.A. the Georgia Blonde, and most notably, Hard Body Harrison. Hard Body Harrison. Is he a porn star? He's a wrestler. A professional yeah. wrestler. Can either be wrestler or porn star with yeah. names like that. Yeah, he's a professional wrestler. Um, but this week... Like WWF or something? Uh, WCW, actually. Formerly. So, But this week, former pro wrestler Harrison Hard Body Norris Jr. I don't know if he's related to Chuck. But he's fighting off a far more sinister tag than these uh, appellations he has. Violent Sex Lord. Violent Sex Lord? Is that another name? <laughs> no, this does not have quotes. This isn't a this moniker? Does, this does not have quotes around it, so oh, okay. I, I don't think it's a nickname. <laughs> uh, it's one. It, this is an a accusation that could keep him out of the ring and in prison for at least 20 years. Jesus. This guy, who's 41 years old, is on trial in Atlanta on federal charges that he kept nine women as sex slaves in his two Cartersville homes. I assume Cartersville is a suburb of Atlanta or something. Now, were these like the female professional wrestler chicks that walk around with the signs indicating the rounds? Uh, These were women who were uh, hard up (laughs) for various reasons. Uh, Ex-jailbirds, junkies, uh, just street people. Hoes? Uh, well, he tried to turn them into hoes. Oh, okay. Allegedly. So he retired from the WW- WCW and became a pimp. Not really. Let me get into it. All right. Uh, well, and this is always a good sign, and we mention it whenever it happens. He's serving as his own attorney. 
And this week he's started uh, countering uh, a, lo- a bunch of testimony that's come in the previous week about bloody headbutts, maniacal mind games, and forced orgies that he called the quote-unquote cut parties. Cut parties. Um, I'll get into what a cut party is a little later. Um, in reality, Norris is saying that these women willingly entered his homes, lived with his wife and his uh, child, uh, one of three that he has with him. I assume the other two are with a previous wife uh, because these women wanted to train as pro wrestlers. And he was offering them a service, a, a, you know, training and how to become a pro wrestler. So the it, ins and outs of the industry. My question is, is there a female pro wrestling league? Like are, I've never I've never watched. Well, I guess I don't really watch the WWF or WCW, but I've never seen women be, fighting. There used to be Glow. I don't know if you ever watched Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. They had their own league. It was on maybe after WWF. WWF is old. It's not even around anymore, right? It's, it's yeah, turned it's, into it's the WCW. WCW. And but, there's, there's been other leagues Well, I've uh, been to strip clubs, and I've seen Foxy Boxing and Mud Wrestling. But not, I thought that's how girls wrestle. No, this is more... Th- that's, that's strip club stuff there. This is, this is real wrestling we're talking about. Okay, like and, you as, know, as real China, as professional wrestling. You know that China, that woman China, C H Y N A. She's a and what Zena, the Warrior Princess. Right. Is she a so, wrestler? So once in a while they'll just have, I think, a woman um in like an exhibition match. Right. In one of these um, all normally uh leagues that are dominated by men. So these fine ladies here were like, you know what, we're gonna train to be professional wrestlers. Right. And so they went to hard body for his expertise. Yeah. Uh, well, Norris says that many of the women arrived on drugs and uh, left his his uh, training camp, as he try- likes to call it, uh, in the best shape of their lives. Probably steroids. Yeah. The women sh- say that may be true, but the push-ups, squats, and strict diets, which is all stuff you have, that's not abuse. That's what you have to do if you're going to train to become a wrestler. All wrestlers do that. Uh, but uh, these women say that they were designed to prepare them for something else, prostitution. They say Norris pimped them out at Latino nightclubs, trailer parks, and parties until three of them ran to police during a shopping trip in Smyrna. I don't know what the shopping trip has to do with anything. So they escaped. Yeah, but they, I mean, they're clearly not, you know, San Francisco-style sex slaves if he's taking them out shopping. Because, you know, there's a lot of brothels in San Francisco, but those women are sort of chained up. Yeah, but they're all Asian, though. Yeah, yeah. Aren't they they like those Asian massage parlors? Yeah, it's indentured servitude, basically. Um. So this sounds like a fitness camp to me. Uh, it's all depends on who you talk to. <laughs> okay, so it's all relative. Yeah, well, these eight women are, are accusing uh, this guy of running uh, basically at what, what I guess you would call it. You know, he's a pimp. He's a pimp. Um, Norris earned his initial trust by bailing these women out of jail or getting them off drugs with promises of a pro wrestling career. Uh, one woman named Lexi, <laughs> nicknamed Lexi, I guess, uh, uh, has this to say about it. She says she moved in with Norris and was given a list of tasks to complete. So so there was sort of a training regiment, and it sounds like they were sort of code, not codes, but, you know, code monikers for all the steps you have to go through. Uh, one, one was called HB Training, which uh, that task turned out to be having sex with Norris. <laughs> okay, so that's the, the first round of training. Yeah, I guess maybe that's hard body training. <laughs> Hard boner training. I, I'm not so sure, but uh, it's on the list. Lexi asked the other girls, uh, because there are other girls in this training program, about the last item on the list called, quote-unquote, CPT. But she could never get a straight answer. At the end of her first week, as she stood outside the home, a home in Rabin County, which I assume is a, a home with maybe a bachelor party going on, uh, she found out what that term meant. It was time for her, quote-unquote, cut party. 
As Norris and the others watched in the living room, the other women, I guess, Lexi had sex with three men. So does she not? So it, basically, is she going to get cut from the team if she doesn't have sex with these men? Um, or is she going to get physically cut? I don't know. <laughs> or maybe just, the, the term point, is vague. At that point, her body is so cut. Oh, she's so chiseled. Cut. It's time to have sex with, you know, eight men or something. So was he like, okay, it's go time, Lexi. Get in the ring and uh, start Show having sex. Show them how cut you are. <laughs> start having sex with all these Mexicans. So this guy Norris is being prosecuted federally, remember, under anti-human trafficking laws, um, which is what they get a lot of these pimps uh, and brothel owners on. Yeah, it's human trafficking. Enslaving people, basically, against their will. Um the government, because it's a federal case, must prove interstate activity, which includes everything from transporting these victims or trainees, depending on who you talk to, across state lines, or even giving them condoms that were manufactured in another state. That would also get him on the, like, on the hook for that. <laughs> if you get condoms from another state, you yeah, could be a so, human trafficker. So if you're gonna run, if you're Jeez, gonna be, a, harsh. if you're gonna be a pimp, run a brothel, make sure you, all your condoms are manufactured in the state that you're operating out of. Just make your own condoms. Or you could do that with sheepskin, saran wrap, and a rubber band. Border collie. <laughs> As core, however, this case revolves around one central question. Were the women forced into prostitution against their will? He sounds claimed, to me that they were training to be wrestlers. That's what it sounds like <laughs> to me, too. The women say Norris, known for calling his fists the pork chop, which was one, and then the other one was the biscuit cutter. <laughs> <laughs> he called his fists. He had names for his fists. Only when he was in tough man competitions did he use those terms. So I don't know if you know, you, you've gone to see tough man competitions. Yeah. That's more like ki- amateur kickboxing. Yeah, in Michigan when I grew up, I remember at the town I grew up had a tough man competition. Well, this, this, this tough man in particular, uh, these women say that he made it clear he would use violence if they didn't do what he said. He'd bust out the pork chop. One, another alleged victim uh, who was given the name Mocha, I assume she's a maybe Latino or, or you know, a light-skinned black woman. Um, she had her own cut party with eight men. Uh, eight. And, but afterwards... Did she make the cut? I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> say. Afterwards, she says another woman um, was supposed to have her cut party. When this woman resisted, uh, this woman, Mocha, testified that Norris headbutted her. <laughs> Jesus, what does he call his head? They don't say. <laughs> the but they ram. Do say, they do say at one point that he had. Uh, he's an African American man, and he had uh, blonde cornrows, which was why, uh, if you remember, one of his nicknames was the Georgia Blonde. So what I don't understand: Do all professional wrestlers have to have sex with like eight Mexicans Even or Latinos? Dudes? Yeah, like in Hulk order to Hogan? become. Yeah, like did Hulk Hogan have to go to a cup party? And have sex with like eight Mexicans, I'd like and to then s- become a professional wrestler. I'd like to. I would. I would guess. Yeah, they do. Did Andre the Giant? Because they can't just Jake let, the Snake Roberts. <laughs> they can't just let <laughs> Mister Perfect. I mean, yeah. if you're gonna have sex with somebody, Mister Perfect. Yeah, yeah. But, Rowdy uh, Roddy Piper. <laughs> <laughs> well, he already was wearing a dress. Oh yeah, he probably did. Norris also kept a list list of chores for each woman on the refrigerator. Those who didn't cut down trees, plant sod, cut the grass, earned fines for their team. So picture there's eight or nine women living in this house. I assume they all have costumes, nicknames. Uh, They probably sleep three to a room. They're on teams. They have tasks to do. They get fines, and, you know, they're in competition with the other teams. This sounds like 
a good reality program. To yeah, you know, it reminds me of that Ultimate Fighter program, which they basically do the same thing. They have I've like, only seen one of those, but I do know. Yeah, the one they, you're it's on about. Spike. They have like nine dudes. They all live in a house together. They fight each other and train. Do they sounds, take those? This dudes sounds out? like a much better reality program. <laughs> Would they take those guys to Latino nightclubs and make them dance with the men for five dollars and have sex with them for one to two hundred dollars? You know, I don't. Because then, know if they then do. we're talking about copyright <laughs> infringement, and with the writers' strike, you know, these shows are valuable commodities. It might add an interesting element to the show, though. It's another lawsuit this guy could be facing. Yeah. Um, actually, Norris was in the WCW, which is the big uh, league, and uh, he won a discrimination lawsuit against them. Uh, he's a black man. I assume that he was saying he was been held down because of his race. And he won uh, a settlement, uh, an undisclosed settlement, but his family has said that it's upwards of $1 million. So wow. he's claiming that he has his own money from the WCW people. Uh, you know, why would he be pimping these women out? He didn't need the money. I wonder if Sharpton helped them out. <laughs> I don't think he's been there. He has great hair for a wrestler. Sharpton? I think Sharpton could be a wrestler. Yeah. Um, not, as long as I can go to one of your cup parties. Uh, this guy's neighbor is actually testifying on his behalf. She says that uh, none none of these girls seemed to be unhappy, looked abused, or told her that they wanted out of Norris's grasp. She says that she would often invite them over to her pool. They would come over and swim. They wouldn't try and run away. Um, her husband uh, testified that he went to the women's wrestling matches at Norris's house. So he often. had backyard matches. Yeah, I wonder how his wife felt about that. She doesn't yeah, yeah, seem I don't to be too perturbed or anything. Um, so the trial's going on. Uh, it says that, like I said, Norris would take these women out, uh, sell their services, uh, apparently pimp them out. But he would only keep half of the money. Sometimes he would tar- take part of their half to uh, pay for their hairdos, pedicures, other living expenses, wrestling outfits, I assume. Those boots have to be expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, the and, uh, the top woman of the house at any given time, was uh, she was put in a special bedroom, which is kind of like... You know, on these reality programs, they have the, uh, the master bedroom the week, or something. You get immunity the next week. Uh, she would stay in a bedroom called the Queen's Palace. Um, and the Queen, when you're the Queen, you only had to have sex with one man, Norris. Whoa. So it's a coveted position. Yeah. So this is my question to you. Do you care which way the uh, judgment goes? This guy's pretty awesome either way, right? Yeah, no. I mean, seriously, even if he's found guilty, he's still a badass. He is a badass. Yeah, but hard body Harrison. It's a, it's it's a difficult one to score though, because here we we have two competing accounts of what happened here. Well, that's how it always is. In so now, sport. if he was training a wrestling league of women, you know, I guess that's not necessarily all that sick and wrong. But now, if he's headbutting these women and forcing them to participate in orgies with yeah. Latinos, yeah, that's sick and wrong. Yeah. So being undecided, I'm going to have to give it a four star. Um, I'm going to give it four plus one half because he's defending himself in court. And yeah. I assume he's a, most wrestlers are, are great orators, you know, because that's, because they're, they're most thespians. Of, they're most actors. of professional wrestling. Yeah. Is, you know, theatrics. So I'm assuming it would be a great trial to observe. Also. You know, I, I would like to know the statistics on how many African-American men represent themselves in court. <laughs> Because doesn't it always seem to happen to like one of the African American? I don't think so. I think a fair, a fair number of white and other races also do that. Yeah, I, ju- I just wonder. Well, I it wonder, sounds like he's he... been successful in the past, though. So do you he... think he's allowed to wear his wrestling outfit to court to 
to plead his case. Do you think he headbutts the, jo- the judge? <laughs> the bailiff. Threatens him. At yeah. least the bailiff. <laughs> Threatens him with pork chop and yeah. what was that other one? Hammer cutter or whatever? Biscuit cutter. Biscuit cutter. <laughs> right. He at least should knock the bailiff around a little bit. Something. I don't know. We'll cool. see what the sick and wrong audience has to say about that one. So, uh, Wackerly, my story is completely unrelated. Like night and day to that story. There's no pro what wrestling. Kind of, what kind of story would be related to that? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Here's my story here for episode 97. You know, it's not often that you find many bonafide freaks in this country, like real freaks. There's people who turn themselves into freaks with, you know, like kind of like the lizard man that we had on the show. People that okay. get like piercings. and Yeah. So you're talking you about know, self-inflicted freakdom. I'm talking about guy, a guy who was born as a freak, like a real oh, genuine yeah. freak. Like I'm a little, freak from the sideshows. That's even more <clears throat> rare. This guy, I think, would be a bonafide freak. His name's the Tree Man. He grew roots. And I guess uh, they might be able to cure him of his affliction. And so I was reading this story. It made me kind of want to puke. Yeah. And the reason it made me want to puke is because it also has a video that accompanies it. We're going to have to post the video on the website this week. Is it a bona fide YouTube moment? (laughs) It is a YouTube. It's YouTube material. But at the same time, I just wouldn't watch it. You know, while eating macaroni and cheese. So you've been forewarned, audience. Yeah. But, you know, it also kind of reminds me of Thanksgiving. Because you remember on Thanksgiving, you can get, like, those little pieces of squash. I think they're called gourds. Yeah. And they have all the little bumps Gourd on them. Gourd is a general appellation for many types of squashes. Yeah, it's like the squash with the gourds. Gourd. Have you ever seen people that have that affliction gourds? They have bumps all over their body and all their skin. Is it arthritis-based? Because I think my grandpa had that pretty badly. Yeah, but he had bumps all over his face, and it looks like no, bubble wrap. Is, like, you is, grab his no, skin, no, it's going to no, be popping, no, no, and pus is going to come talking all over. About something else. This was just the joints. Well, this guy kind of has that. Sort of. But he has it like, I don't know, maybe times like 20. Yeah. It's disgusting. Does he look like one of those creatures from Lord of the Rings? He kind of almost looks like an ant. Hmm. But so let me get on with this here. An Indonesian fisherman feared that he would be killed by tree-like growths covering his body has been given hope of recovery by an American doctor and vitamin A. Hmm. Which kind of cracks me up that vitamin A, you'd think you can get that anywhere, but apparently not in Indonesia. Centrum. You know, I don't Silver. even know how to say his name, but it's pronounced D or it's spelled D E D E. So I'm going to call him D D. That sounds reasonable. So D D, now 35, baffled medical experts when warty roots began growing out of his arms and feet after he cut his knee in a teenage accident. The <clears throat> the warts spread across his body unchecked, and soon he was left unable to carry out everyday household tasks. Sacked from his job and deserted by his wife, Dee Dee has been raising two children, now in their late teens, in poverty, resigned to the fact that local doctors had no cure for his condition. So, so regardless of these deformities, some, some woman still had sex with him and bore two children for him. Yeah, but then she deserted him because oh, well, she couldn't okay. take it. W- women can be so fickle. I you know? know, it's just like you start a sprouting. Here, a wart there. You start becoming a tree, and then the women are like, nah, I'm going to go find another guy. Yeah. I don't get it. No loyalty. No. But, you know, at the same time, only in third world countries could a guy get to that point where he's becoming a tree. They always let it go forever. It's because they don't, I don't think that, I don't think they understand that they can go to a doctor and have something treated. Don't all these, isn't the complaint that all these countries have socialized medicine and we're the only country in the world that doesn't, but still, yet they still never go. 
Yeah, but what I don't get it. It's like, dude, if you if you have warts all over your body and you you're becoming a tree, sprouting growths everywhere, where you can't even like have sex with your wife or even like you know work at your job, walk near an open flame. I would either snuff it or go see a doctor. Probably go see a doctor. Probably. So uh, to make ends meet, he joined a local freak show, parading in front of paying audiences alongside victims of other peculiar diseases. And at that point, you can't go to a doctor because now it's your livelihood. Yeah, now you're making money off of it. Now you can't be the guy who used to be a tree. (laughs) Nobody wants to pay to see that. (laughs) But you know, that also reminds me, there there are like real freak shows, though, probably in Indonesia. Oh, yeah. In like South America, like you see like real like elephant boy and lobster dude. Complete impropriety and uh, just no sense of humanity involved. Because in this country, they'd be aborted. Right. You know, and in Europe. But in uh, Indonesia, it's it's like, you know, what? they don't even go see doctors. They're like, I'm going to become a tree. So uh, as you could imagine, he was often a target of abuse and ridicule in his rural fishing village. Yeah. I wonder what Indonesia's they call them. Indonesia's can be really cruel. But now an American dermatology expert flew out to Didi's home village south of the capital, Jakarta. He claims to have identified his condition and proposed a treatment that could transform his life. After testing samples of the lesions, uh, Dr. Gaspari concluded that his affliction is caused by HPV, the human mm. papilloma virus. Which is a fairly common infection that causes small warts to develop on sufferers. But it's genital warts. Yeah. HPV <laughs> is genital warts. HPV is also like other warts on your body, but there are like, like 40,000 strands of it. But, you know, I thought warts on your dick or on your balls are bad. Could you imagine if you had warts all over your body that it became spread, a tree? It spreads, uh, yeah. And starts sprouting tree-like growth. Dude, I mean, that's just, this blows my mind. Did he, did he have sex? Did he fuck a tree? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wonder. He says he cut himself and this happened, but did he cut himself Teenage wh- accident. while he, he was fucking on? a tree? Was like he, a knot hole? Was he at a cut party? <laughs> <laughs> Cutting I don't down know. a tree and he, he fucked it? Is that what you're saying? Didi's problem is that he has a rare genetic fault that impedes his immune system, meaning his body is unable to contain the warts. The virus was therefore able to hijack the cellular machinery of his skin cells, ordering them to produce massive amounts of the substance that cause tree-like growths known as cutaneous horns on his hands and feet. Mm. I mean, seriously, you'll w- watch this video. His hands are just, like, growing into these, like, long strands of, like, horn. It's, it's disgusting. Or tree bark, as I, I'm assuming why everybody it, says It kind of looks, looks like, a, like tree. a tree. I mean, he seriously, he could be tree, bird, tree beard. The, the ant in, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. you know, in uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> tree bird. But, uh... I guess Dr. Gaspari here said the likelihood of having his deficiency is less than one in a million. So, Now, is Dr. Gaspari going to uh, employ this character after he gets rid of his lively, you know, his, his money-making appearance? You know, I wonder if he's going to give him a job. I guess the guy's going to be... Maybe he can go on a speaking tour? Well, he's going to be featured on a Discovery Channel documentary. Well, so he might, a couple bucks He definitely has some internet fame, because I've seen this article making the rounds. Yeah, that doesn't pay shit. Well, Gaspari claims that uh, his malady can be cleared by daily doses of a synthetic form of vitamin A, which has been shown to arrest the growth of warts in severe cases of HPV. He won't have a perfectly normal body, but the warts should reduce in size to the point where he could use his hands. Who does have a perfectly normal body? He's still going to be fucked up. But in Indonesia, people don't really care. (laughs) You know, in Indonesia, they're like, ah, that's all right. No, don't mind. Maybe he can just keep um, like one hand or something as a tree hand and, and that he can still be in the freak show. 
Maybe. I mean, he could still have a job. I guess over the course of three to six months, the wards should become smaller and fewer in number. He'll be living a more normal life. I wonder what his kids think. They're teenagers. They're and disgusted. And their dad's become a tree. They're disgusted. Like, would him. you sit in your dad's lap if he was, like, had wart-like growths all over his body? I might carve my name into his back while he wasn't looking. <laughs> Lance Hart. <laughs> but no, you know, my whole thing on this is what I don't understand is... If I ever had an affliction like that, I, you know, I even go so far as to say if I lost my legs, like my legs were severed, I'd snuff it. Above the knee or below the knee? Below. Like basically if I lost it to the point where my dick wasn't going to work anymore and I couldn't even masturbate to porn, I'd snuff it. that long. No, but I would snuff it. Like let's we're say. We're talking about a like above the, th- above the hip <laughs> amputation if you're talking about your dick also being gone. Okay, let's say I was just a torso. <laughs> if I'm a torso, I'm not going on living. I'm sorry. And if I'm covered in wart-like tree growths all over my body, yeah. I'm snuffing it. I'm not going to sit and be like, well, I guess I can't do anything else. I'm going to just go join the freak show and make like a dollar a day. Yeah, in Indonesia. I mean, it's just not going to happen. What, what, what about just developing an, uh, a nice, unhealthy drug habit? I think I'd probably be the most bitter person in the world. Yeah, well, you're kind of close already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not that far. So, you know what? It's kind of hard to score this article without actually seeing the video. So watch the video first before you vote, people. Because once you watch this video, you're going to give it five stars. All right, I'll give it. Which is I'm giving it five. Because oh, this I'll is give so it rare. Because I haven't seen the picture yet. Well, you'll see the video, and you'll change your score wackily. Yeah, well, you, we have to compare this to vestigial twins, though, because we've done those stories before, you know, like having a twin growing off your body that you never knew about. Yeah, but twin's not a fucking tree. No, but this I haven't, seen, like the, half I haven't half tree. seen the picture, so I'm, I'll give it, I'm going to keep it safe, play it safe with the four brown stars. You can also watch Half Man, Half Tree, which is part of the My Shocking Story series, which will be shown on Discovery Channel throughout November. So you go check good. out the Discovery website. And Maybe they'll out. have a marathon on Thanksgiving Day. So, yeah, they might. You might be able to see it. Ruin your dinner. Right. Eat first. So, uh, you know, what's interesting, kind of a strange coincidence here, is uh, the story sent in from Graham here from Ottawa, Canada, also occurred in Indonesia. So these are two Indonesian stories, which I don't think we've ever done here on uh, Sick and Wrong. Indonesia is the country that's just a bunch of little islands, right? It's like Borneo, like all those little islands right over South Pacific Islands. Yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, you never really think about it. Cause it's like, so yeah. this could be from like this fucking island over here, and this other story is from this island way the fuck. Like, yeah. They don't even speak the same language barely. And, uh... But they're like all headhunters, and you're <laughs> probably never going to go to that island. <laughs> Aren't there a lot of Indonesian pirates, like modern day pirates? I think you're thinking of Somalia. <laughs> yeah, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Isn't that where Pirates of the Caribbean was? Or no? Those are modern day. Those are, those are ancient pirates. <laughs> so this story was sent in from uh, Graham here. He says, this story makes me cringe with shame over the behavior of the human race perfect for sick and wrong yeah yeah you know what actually i think all of our stories are meant to elicit that type of reaction right that's why we do them here would a police officer involved in this story say i've never seen anything, anything this is disgusting before? yeah i think actually three people that's said that in this game. story yeah so um if turning an orangutan into a sex slave is evil what does it mean to do that to a human that's the question of this story. Mm-hmm. An orangutan has been rescued from a prostitute village in Indonesia, according to uh, Vice Magazine, who did the story. <laughs> Vice Ma- Is this a reliable source? You know Vice what? Actually, Magazine. I looked it up. I looked it up online because I had to verify because yeah. I saw it on Vice. And it was in like three different uh, All right. We have journals. verification. All yeah. right. I retract uh, The magazine statement. interviewed Michelle Desolets, who's the director of the Borneo Orangutan Survival Foundation. 
Um, this organization does some really good work agitating to uh, or claiming to protect the orangutan, which I guess is threatened by the insatiable demand for the palm oil that is used to make everything from cosmetics to food to biofuels. So people are cutting down their habitat, and that's what's... That's the yeah. major threat to orangutans in Indonesia. But this is something else you're talking about? This is about? something else. In this case, she was talking about the rescue of Pony. A Pony is an orangutan from a prostitute village in Borneo. <laughs> they found her chained to a wall, shaved, and lying on a mattress. If a man walked near her, she would turn herself around, present herself, and start gyrating and going through the motions. Presenting her orango vagina. Her orango rump. Yeah. <laughs> she was being used as a sex slave. She was probably about six or seven years old when we rescued her, but she had been held captive by a madam for a long time. The madam refused to give up the animal because everyone in the village loved Pony. And was she this was... madam named Jane Goodall? <laughs> I think it was Diane Fossey. Uh, because she was a big part of their income. They also thought Pony was lucky as she would pick winning lottery numbers. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know. It's a, a multi-talented orangutan. Was she was she training to become a wrestler also? You know, I, I think she was probably uh, taking to many cup parties. <laughs> she had a, she had a mean uh, clothesline. <laughs> well, this this is very odd and cruel that somebody would chain up an orangutan and shave apparently for the purposes of of you know sexual pleasure prostituting her but who are these dudes that are paying to have sex with an orangutan well that's what's interesting let me i'll, I'll get to that point in a second i guess it took over a year to rescue pony because every time they went in with the forest police and local officers they would be over overpowered by the villagers who would simply not give her up i mean really you don't want to let go of monkey ass like that <laughs> you know monkey. It's sweet orangutan. sweet monkey ass is an orangutan a monkey yeah, more or less it's some type of a primate and the weirdest thing too is once, once they did rescue her, they couldn't convict any anyone of a, of a crime because of the uh, poor law enforcement of Indonesia. There's no like uh, bestiality laws there, or probably even any animal cruelty laws. In most yeah. of these countries, they just don't really give a fuck. So, getting to your question that you just asked, did the cli clients realize that they were in fact getting an orangutan instead of a normal woman? Yeah, because if you're really drunk on like Indonesian moonshine. You might you know, be confused. I mean, maybe you're confused, you know. It's less... Your friends are putting you up to some weird shit to take pictures and make fun of you later. Well, they would come from around the area here, especially to have sex with the orangutan. You could choose a human if you preferred, but it was a novelty for many of the men to have sex with Pony, the orangutan. This it's name, a novelty. This name is also confusing me. They named the orangutan Pony? Yeah, you ride the Pony. <laughs> Doesn't that make Which sense? Which is an orangutan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're Indonesian. What yeah. do they know? I just don't get that but subtle you know, Indonesian humor. <laughs> they say it's novelty, but you know what? Most likely, she's probably better looking than most of the real prostitutes. Um, When was the last time you went to the zoo? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, she was shaved. Right, but uh, I don't know if you... She gyrated her monkey If you've been to the rump. zoo recently, some <laughs> of the primates are all right looking. <laughs> but just, orangutans have those huge cheek head flaps that are just... Really bizarre looking to me. Yeah, but have you seen any Bornean woman? <laughs> no, I, I haven't, actually. They have these massive cheek <laughs> flaps. <laughs> <laughs> they put the orangutan to shame, is what you're saying? I imagine these guys were like, you know, it's like, look at my wife. I'd rather go fuck the orangutan. We just lost all our Bornean female listeners. Yeah, all our comment. Bornean fans. So on a serious note here, in Indonesia, it's estimated that 100,000 children and women are trafficked each year. Child prostitution is on the rise, and one-third of the sex workers are being under eight, or currently under 18 years old. Would these people stay on topic? We're, we're talking about child prostitution. 
We're talking about orangutans. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, it's horrible. Yeah. It's an awful, atrocious right. act that someone's having sex with an orangutan. Right. But think of the children. Think of all those children that are chained to a mattress, shaved, and forced to bear their rump. All right. I, I guess I can see this line of reasoning. And the underlying causes of child trafficking include poverty, lack of economic opportunities for young people, and the low status of girls, high demand for commercial sex, cheap labor, and yada, yada, yada. Once again, that does, tells me nothing about the plight of the orangutans. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like orangutans, their habitats are being knocked down. You know, they're not allowed to sit in the trees, eat bananas, and do whatever orangutans usually do. So now they're forced to work in the sex industry. Right. And I can only imagine the, the child slave that's forced to shave that monkey every week. My question is, if there are no other women around, would you fuck the orangutan even if she was shaved? What else is around? <laughs> <laughs> a transvestite. <laughs> a female bodybuilder. <laughs> what about a sheep? <laughs> no sheep. There's no sheep in Borneo. It's just orangutans. Orangutan, transvestite, and, and female bodybuilder? A hot tranny. Well, I've already answered. I've already answered this question. Uh, people, can orangutan. Go, people can go back and uh, through the archives and figure. So, out on the sick answer. and wrong scale, what are you going to give this one? Five. I'm giving it five stars because, dude, just the fact what goes through mental the your mental process of being like, you know what, we need to make a little money. Let's go get that monkey, shave her down, chain her to a mattress. And just train her to have sex with people. And then the fact that there are dudes coming from around the villagers as novelty to go have sex. With the orangutan. Well, and let me point this out. Um, a couple years back, we had this same sort of problem in the same vein of people in China were eating like muskrats and lemurs and, you know, duckbill platypuses. And we had a little problem called SARS that fucked everybody up for a little while. What about AIDS? Yeah. And Did then, that come you know, from a monkey? somebody fucked a monkey in Africa about 20 years ago and we have AIDS. This is going to lead to like AIDS 2. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Super know AIDS. what's going to happen with Stop this. Stop fucking the monkeys. Exactly. And stop eating the monkey. Just w- leave him alone. Do you think they wore a condom? No. It's yeah, Indonesia and you're, you're fucking an orangutan. You really think you're going to put protection <laughs> on? Come on. Yeah, well, probably not even a French tickler. <laughs> no, probably no. not. Maybe a cock ring. Well, uh, wackily. Uh, the we- last thing you want is an orangutan laughing at you because you prematurely ejaculated. <laughs> Pointing and laughing. They right. probably trained her to do that, too. Well, remember that movie with Clint Eastwood, Any Which Way But Loose? Uh, those orangutans. Can, porn? Can get, <laughs> but there's an orangutan in the movie. Oh, in the movie. And it's quite sassy. I thought that was Turner and Hooch. It's, that's a... That's a, uh, a dog? Yeah, oh, but okay. what kind of a dog? A St. Bernard. Oh, okay. But uh, no, but orangutans can be quite sassy and, you know... Sort of sexy? No, not that type of sassy. <laughs> We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. Go vote at sickandwrongpodcast.com. Why don't you check out the new Sick and Wrong Forum, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Wackily, we're nearing the end of the show. and uh, Yeah, I got to get out of here. Got to go meet the uh, rabbi for dinner. We we had two transgressions this show. We we had another poo story, which we were trying to stay away from, and now we had another bestiality story, which we were trying to stay away from. Yeah, we're pretty that's disappointed. True. I know. Well, yeah, I thought the moratorium ended a few shows back. All right, well, you got to let me in on this stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, just to conclude here, I got a couple emails from some people I wanted to get to. A Z Man, who is the winner of the uh, last week's podcast or two weeks ago. 
Uh, he sent an email, kind of an update about our talk about uh, electrocution or no capital punishment. We yeah we yeah. were analyzing the various. Forms. Well, we didn't exactly do our research, and we had some questions. So he sent in an article here answering some of our questions. He says, "Hey guys, here's the states that still use the electric chair as their main form of execution." Talk to you later. Uh, I guess Georgia, Alabama, and Nebraska still use electric or uh, le- the electric chair as their main method of execution. Hmm. Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Virginia still have the option to use it. Um, just another on this uh, same page you sent here. How many volts are used and for how long? There are limits if the uh, voltage is too high or left on too long because <clears throat> I guess the body is burned. The first execution <laughs> yeah, used a voltage of. In the, in the, chamber. <laughs> the first execution used a voltage of about 1,700. Uh, the voltage has tended to increase over time, and in the modern era, the voltage is usually 2,000 to 2,200 volts at 7 to 12 amps. That doesn't sound very high to me. Sounds painful to me. Right, but but you want to die immediately. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you've, you've shocked yourself before, right, on a, on a plug or something? Well, yeah. That's like 120. This is only, what, 20 times that high? I, w- I want like two 2,000 times that amount of voltage. I'd want as high as you could do before right. the body burned, but I don't think they actually know that. Well, they could test on Well, you. often the current <laughs> is switched on and off several times. The voltage <laughs> often dropped between jolts, so I imagine that's even more pleasant. Yeah, just to fuck with the guy. So Maryland... Maryland, Wyoming, California, Missouri, and Arizona still use a gas chamber, believe it or not. Where is the gas chamber in this state, I wonder? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, think w- it I wonder which prison Quentin. it is. Yeah, they they don't use it anymore over here, but they do have a gas yeah, I chamber wonder where in San Quentin. Is, the, the, you know, remaining one. Well, there's a study of the execution records of 113 prisoners executed at San Quentin showed that the average time taken to kill them was 9.3 minutes. In the gas chamber. In the gas chamber. Mm-hmm. It says a typical witness view of gassing is as follows. At first, there is evidence of extreme horror, pain, and strangling. The eyes pop, the skin turns purple, and the victim begins to drool. In medical terms, victims of cyanide gas die from hypoxia, which means the cutoff of oxygen to the brain. Hmm. You know, if you think about it, if you're watching someone who just murdered your daughter. That's cool. Yeah, I would be like, sweet, dude, where's the popcorn? So uh, we also got another uh, update here sent in from Diane. She says uh, lethal injection is the method used or allowed in 37 of 38 states, which allow the death penalty. Nebraska requires electrocution. Other states also allow electrocution of gas all its chambers. Citizens or just- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> requires from everybody that lives there. Mandatory. Other states allow electrocution, gas chambers, hanging, and the firing squad. From 1976 to September 24, 2007, out of 1,098 executions, 928 have been by lethal injection, 154 by electrocution, 11 by gas chamber, 3 by hanging, and 2 by firing squad. Hmm. So I guess they actually still have that option. Uh, you can go to the website here, deathpenaltyinfo.org, where you can get some stats on which states use which uh, methods of execution. Uh, thanks, Diane and Z-Man, for sending that in. Uh, we got another email here from Cliff, who said, uh, he just titled it, Chilada. Uh, hey, just to let D know, the Budweiser Chilada drinks are pretty badass. Lance, you are cool for drinking that stuff. It's the cool. poor man's Bloody Mary. Right. I always thought the poor man's Bloody Mary was a tampon (laughs) (laughs) when you're drunk on vodka. That's a garnish. Yeah, I guess that's Red Wings. Uh, (laughs) Thanks, Cliff, for uh, saying that in. It's good to know that there are other people that also drink chiladas. (laughs) And finally here, we got an email from— Well, I would also mention that it's the lazy man's Bloody Mary because who wants to mix— There's like 
15 ingredients in a Bloody Mary, and I just don't have that kind of time, or all those different ingredients like in my home. sauce, yeah, like and onions, and celery, and salt, and all that shit. And especially when you're hungover, you're just like, right. you know what, I want a fucking Bloody Mary, Budweiser, tomato sauce. Exactly. You know, or tomato juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Italian Bloody That's Mary. That's the Italian Bloody Mary. Ragu. Uh, we also got an email here from Edmund, who uh, has been a listener we haven't heard from in a while. Edmund is a frequent contributor, and if you recall, he's the guy who originally sent us the Mr. Hands video. Right. So and- and I think I read this email, and it amazes me because the other thing about Edmund is he looks like a serial killer. Yeah. And apparently he's uh, found himself a lady friend. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Edmund said that he found a girlfriend, or he has a girlfriend now. Yeah. Oh, so that, he's back is, online. Is this a different email you're reading? Yeah, this is a different email. Oh, I think you were reading the MySpace email. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But it's good to have Edmund back. That guy was always a really good right. contributor. I hope, he, I, hope he, I hope he's back because his girlfriend is off his back. I hope he's not back because he's murdered his girlfriend. Yeah, that'd be good to know. But uh, it's just good to have him back. It's like old times. So anyway, uh, Edmund sent in a list of Madeline McCann jokes. And I don't know how many people in the States would know who Madeline McCann is, but Madeline McCann's kind of like Europe's John Benet Ramsey. Right. She's like that little girl that was in Portugal that disappeared, and the parents obviously killed her. But people say, you know, it's kind of up in the air. No one really knows what happened to her. There's no proof. I just kind of like the fact that Madeline McCann jokes have already proliferated across the internet. Right. So um, I'm just going to read a couple of them here. What's the difference between Pope John Paul II and Madeline McCann? I don't know. The Pope died a virgin. (laughs) God, that's nasty. What's the difference between Madeline McCann and Madeline McCann jokes? I don't know. Madeline McCann jokes will get old. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's the difference between Madeline McCann and Elvis? I don't know. (laughs) Well, you don't know any of these. I, I don't know any of these facts. More people believe Elvis is still alive. <laughs> God, that's awful. And uh, finally, I don't even get this one. What's the difference between the McCanns and Gary Glitter? Gary Glitter comes back from his holidays with more kids than he left with. Does, do you even understand no, I that get one? That. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he goes to Vietnam and he gets well, yeah, a bunch of sex I hate slaves. To explain a joke, but yeah, he's been accused of having sex with children in uh, the, those countries. In Indonesia, that sort of allow it. I wonder if he's fucked the orangutan. Maybe he might have fucked Madeline McCann for all we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Edmund, for uh, sending those uh, hilarious jokes, and it's good to have Edmund back. That guy always uh, contributes good stuff here. Uh, finally, here the sick and wrong song of the week is called "Smell Yo Dick." Or maybe let me smell your dick. Have you heard that, Wackerly? Um, uh, I, I, you live in San Francisco. I live in Oakland. So let me anun- uh, pronounce that for you. It's let me smell your dick. Oh, let it's me not, smell your it's dick. It's not let me smell your dick. So I was doing it's the white me, man's pronunciation. let me smell your dick. Okay, so let me smell your dick. Yeah, well, people can listen. And so this was sent in from uh, Jim from Jersey. Fuck. Hello? Oh, shit. Uh, this was sent in from Jim from. Okay. This was sent in from Jim from Jersey. He says, "Smell yo dick." My new favorite song. By the way, did Wackerly's girlfriend write it? <laughs> now, what is that supposed to mean? I don't know. Your girlfriend would have written that song. I, is that implying that I have a smelly dick? I yeah. I don't know if it implies you have a smelly dick, or I listened to the song. Maybe 
he thinks you're out there creeping. Player? Yeah, you're a player, and your girlfriend's like, you come home, and you're, she's like, I want to smell your dick. She can't smell my dick. You know what I don't understand about it? It's a, it's a song that you can actually learn something from. I don't know, have, you, have you listened to the song all the way through? Yeah, I have. Actually. There's ghetto terms I've never even heard before. Well, that's what's good about uh, hip-hop music, R&B, for, for whitey For whiteys, like us. yeah. We, it's an educational experience. Well, I never knew that if you're, I guess your girlfriend is African-American, and she's a jealous type, and you go out... With your friends, you got to come home and you got to let her smell your dick. Right. I, I never of... knew that was. <laughs> what is she smelling it for? Like other women's vaginas. Oh, okay. Fish smell. All right. I but do white girls do that? <laughs> but what if she smells it and and it smells kind of poo based? <laughs> <laughs> then she knows you're on the DL. The download. <laughs> the download. Which I think I also learned from a hip hop song. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that is. Well, uh, we're gonna end the show with uh, "Let Me Smell Your Dick." Uh, thanks, Jim, for sending that in. Uh, people, stay tuned. Next week, we'll be back with episode 98 of Sick and Wrong. And we're almost at 90 votes right now on Podcast Alley. So if you haven't voted, go click on the Podcast Alley link on our page. Give us a vote. We have to beat the Bible podcast. It's my vendetta. Seriously, we need to beat the Bible podcast. Fucking holy rollers. We'll be back next week. Till then, smell you later. Damn, D, why your dick smell like a orangutan? DJ Quest. Nigga, this the 15 motherfucking time that I called and left your ass messages. I done text your bitch ass and you ain't responded to nothing. What the fuck is you doing? Who the fuck is you out there with? You think I'm stupid? My girls already done put me up on your ass tonight, nigga. When you get home, I got some news for your bitch ass. Why are you coming home? Five in the moon. Something's going on. Can I smell your dick? Don't play me like a fool. Damn what your homegirl seen when I was in the club, what the fuck you mean? They ain't got no business, I'm like.